Let me get the notes back up. Oh, Melanie, I I, I love you, but this was too much. <laughs> I know. Well, I didn't. Oh, I didn't write them for you. Like this was ah. worse than Ro. <laughs> this was worse than Ro. This podcast is a member of the Red Five Network. For more Red Five Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link/red5. What is up, Scuttlebutt Nation? Thanks for joining us. We're going to be talking about a certain aspect of uh, film that uh, that is very exciting. And I think, um, you know, last week we dropped the Conroy Batman Legacy episode one day past Kevin Conroy's birthday. We missed it by a day. And uh, we are recording on December 1st for all of you guys taking notes. And um, in November, it was Noir November. So we missed it <laughs> again. By missed it by that much. That we much. are exactly. <laughs> We're uh, running a little behind here, but we really wanted to uh, kind of uh, get this topic, uh, you know, under our wings. And it's a wonderful topic prepared by the wonderful Melanie, our, our guest tonight, Melanie Marquita. How are you, Mel? Fine. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for uh, thanks for prepping all this uh, wonderful knowledge. And um, you know, you're the one. Uh, you're the you're the best uh, pilot for the job here. <laughs> Let me get back up to these notes. But um, I wanted to. Uh, oh, and Shanti, how are you? I, we don't see you right now. Sure, but, uh, sure. I'm not here. It's right. <laughs> <laughs> how's it going? It's going <laughs> there. Going. Very nice, very nice. Um, side note, uh, you know, Melanie, you've been uh, you've been pretty busy uh, making your rounds on the Red Five Network. I just saw you uh, on Rogue One Radio. Mm-hmm. Mm. I'm more social than I ever thought I'd be. Very nice. I like that. No, we like you. You've been a huge supporter, so thank you. That's been and a lot of fun. And Good. it's wonderful seeing you, uh, you know, talk to the rest of the gang. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, no, I was I was listening to Nicole. Oh my God. Yeah. I kept Shanti. I kept on texting Melanie. Nicole can talk. Can't she? <laughs> At one point, Ro left the chat and he says, I left and Nicole was talking and I came back and Nicole was She's talking. talking. <laughs> Bless oh her. God. Oh, Nicole. Uh, wonderful. Nicole. She's so much fun. No, Absolutely. She, is. she really, really is. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. So we, um, we announced a couple of days ago that we were working on this episode, film noir, and uh, some of our followers were excited. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our followers were uh, curious because they didn't know exactly what film noir was. So I wanted to uh, get it from from you specifically. Mm-hmm. Can you give us a little explanation as to what film noir is? What is that referring to? Okay, so literally it means black film. Mm-hmm. And that was something that French critics called the movies. So that's actually a term that we imported. It's uh-huh. not one we came up with. Um but dark film, black film is sort of the same thing. And it's a style or genre of film that's marked by moods of pe- pessimism, fatalism, and menace. Gotcha. And um, the high period of it is 1944 to 54. So we had a good solid decade of it. And it's a, it's a distinct sort of black and white style. There are color noirs, but I mean, when you think of it, you think of the black and white because you think of the, the, the high contrast shadowing and all that. Sure. 
Um, but the it, its purpose was to evoke feelings of entrapment and claustrophobia. So when you see the, the Venetian blind shadows and all those things, they look like the characters are in prison. And they are usually trapped in some kind of desperate situation, sometimes of their own making. And a lot of this came from the fact that we had a lot of filmmakers coming in from the Axis countries, trying to escape Germany and Austria, all these places that were being taken over. They came over and brought with them German Expressionism. A lot of these sort of Dutch angles and all this stuff came from that. Gotcha. And so you'll see a lot of that sort of German Expressionism. Fritz Lang did a lot of um, noir so you'll see a lot of that sort of that sort of thing in it. You know, it's it's one of those things that, you know, people may not understand or know what film noir is specifically, but I think everybody has seen um some movie with yeah. with in that category, don't mm -hmm. you think? Without oh, even yeah. knowing it. They've, oh yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's just a very specific genre genre. It's kind of like explaining a, a dark comedy. Sometimes people mm -hmm. don't really understand how to do a dark comedy or pick up on the uh, the humor behind it right and i know you are uh such a lover of uh, old classic movies um mm -hmm. film noir is uh is a very unique i think it's a very unique category in film um you know obviously you've got you know comedy adventure and all that stuff but film noir really um you can have elements of of everything else in a film noir but there's a certain aspect of film noir that is so um indicative of of that genre specifically um what are some of your favorite movies that people might uh might recognize the title of okay so um the first one that i that i thought of that probably everyone knows even if they haven't seen it is the maltese falcon yep for sure because there's so much um reference to it there's so many um other movies that have have been takeoffs of that like played against Sam from Woody Allen and um, even dead men don't wear plaid with mm -hmm. Steve Martin. That's another one. Um, and those are both takeoffs of film noir, but the Maltese Falcon has a lot of the um, basic elements of film noir. It has um, the detective and Sam Spade, who's mm -hmm. played by Humphrey Bogart. And it's this sort of convoluted plot and it sort of has to do with the bird, but not really. Right. So it's 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 a really great sort of detective story. And Mary Astor is in it, who is also very good. And her whole life was sort of a film noir. At one point, um, her diary, she was on, she had a trial and her diaries came out and they were scandalous, you know. So a lot of these, a lot of these pictures have stars in them whose lives were noirish. So they were in the right place. Right. Um, another one, which is one I just watched last night, is uh, Double Indemnity. And this one is fun because if you think you know Fred McMurray. Mm, you don't. As a Disney dad. Mm-hmm. Mm -mm. It's yeah, a very it's different role for him. Yeah. Very different. Now, obviously, um, you know, when I think of Fred McMurray, I always think of Flubber. Me too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and it's funny. I mean, there are certain actors that uh, that have changed their, you know, some of their roles. Um, mm -hmm. Leslie Nielsen was one. Mm -hmm. 
Um, uh, John Lithgow is another. Mm -hmm. uh, he was always like a bad guy. And then all of a sudden I see him in uh, what is that? Uh, that third one, rock third rock from the sun yeah yeah mm -hmm. and it's just so jarring and then you know to to some extent um uh michael keaton um uh, was mm -hmm. one as well because i always thought of him as uh i don't know uh, more comedic right uh, what was that show that it was on um beforehand but yeah and then they announced that he's going to be a batman mm -hmm. um was kind of jarring to me um uh, so yeah fred mcmurray um and flubber very yeah that's funny yeah. And it's interesting because um, later um, he was also in the apartment, which is not a noir, but he's also playing a, a similar sort of character that's, right. you know, very flawed and not a good guy at all. And there's a story that he was with his family at Disneyland. Mm -hmm. And this woman came up to him because she had taken her kid to see the apartment, thinking that he was, you know, oh Fred my. McMurray that she oh remembered. Oh no! And she asked him if he was Fred McMurray, and he said, "Yes, ma'am," because he's, you know, he's not that guy in real life. Oh my god! That horrible guy. And she, he said, you know, "Yes, ma'am," and she's hauled off and smacked him with her purse and said, yeah. I took my kid to the apartment and you were not the man I thought you were. Oh my God. And he turned to his wife, June Haver and said, Junie, I'm not going to do those movies anymore. Yeah. Wow. I don't, I don't blame him. Cause wow. he didn't, he didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. I get it. He, he knew those were the juicy parts, but he didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, that's interesting it. and that's you know, some actors relish in those kind of roles, mm -hmm. the juicy, mm -hmm. juicy parts. Um, but that also sucks because now he just went ahead and limited himself because the audience member can't mm -hmm. yeah they can't like separate the actor from the role right i think i, I think <laughs> her you man i think her name Can was you imagine Karen. just hauling you know like just hauling off and smacking him like Ruth Buzzy yeah, on yeah. Yeah, Ruth Buzzy, oh my god what a wonderful Ruth i Ruth. think her i think her name was karen was it Karen? Probably. She was the first Karen. <laughs> she was Karen the first. Okay, I'm not getting into a fight with a teenager. Call your supervisor, please. Now, there was one that I watched that I have not, I had seen clips of, but I hadn't seen all the way through, and I watched it for November. And that is a movie called Detour. And that one was actually sort of shocked me because, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of these movies but this one has, I think, the worst woman I've ever seen. I mean, she's just straight up evil from the jump. Oh, really? You don't even get to kind of think, oh, she might not be so bad. No, she's terrible. Worse than Scarlett O'Hara? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wow. And oh, she and she does it in 68 minutes, what? by the way, as a matter of fact. And this has a romantic breakup, an accidental death, a stolen identity, blackmail, and murder nice. in 68 minutes. Sweet. Wow. So they weren't wasting any time. Yeah. Oh, it sounds like a but roller coaster. Chop, chop. Yeah, yeah, no, I like that, though. And the uh, the actress's name is Anne Savage, and she plays uh, the character of Vera, who many people think is the worst femme fatale in the history of film noir, and I would not really argue with that. She's oh, terrible. Watch this. Where did you watch this? They, it's actually on YouTube. You can oh, it is? It okay. YouTube. All right. mm -hmm. Very nice. You can watch it on YouTube. And um, it's a shoestring budget, and you can tell. I think they have one. I think the actual location they have is a used car lot. That's the one actual location they have. But they don't need it. It's a really good, solid noir movie that you can watch in just a little over an hour. 
But it was really shocking to me because it was, I could not believe this woman. So I'd be interested to see what you think of it. But it actually was selected for the National Film Registry. Oh, very so, nice. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, let me ask you, one. in your notes, you have, um, you know, that Detour was a gritty B uh, picture and mm-hmm. film noir, I think, I don't, I don't know, you know, maybe early on, um, would you consider like film noir, I guess the, the entire category as kind of like low budget movies? Cause there are a lot of, mm-hmm. a lot of um, them are, a lot of them are, but then yeah. you also kind of, you also have the term artsy fartsy that go hand in hand with stuff because obviously mm-hmm. people think about the lighting and the black and white and the mood mm-hmm. that it sets right. a certain mood. So like to me as, as a, as a camera guy, I don't, relate that as as uh as cheap or or b movie mm-hmm. sometimes it's a lot harder to uh to create a mood with with the lighting and setting um especially if it's if you're shooting in black and white i think black and white definitely has um i don't know it establishes more of a mood than color you know color mm-hmm. is it's oh, almost like sure. you're, you're showing a lot more in color and in black and white you're you know, obviously you're, you're hiding some stuff and you're, you're letting the audience interpret certain things uh, in the shadows in the foreground and, and et cetera, et cetera. And a lot of times that's, you know, that's harder than just making a regular movie. Um, mm-hmm. And I, 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 just, I find that interesting. I love that. I love that. I didn't really know that there were film noir ish movies that were in color. I thought it was all just mm-hmm. black and white. Not all of them. And it's, you know, modern, modern noir movies like LA confidential, Oh yeah, you know I you could have movie. that, but I would like to have seen that in black and white. That oh, that would have looked gorgeous. I think Kim Basinger would have looked stunning in black. Oh, and white. absolutely! I would have loved to have seen her like that. Oh man, gotta get another petition going. Because I, I would like to see that. That's one of my favorite movies, and I think it would have lent itself very well to that. Absolutely, it would have been great. I wonder why they didn't go that route. That been good. You know, I, I think audiences are um, are a little bit apprehensive about black and white movies, at least modern audiences. I, I feel like they automatically associate it with the movie being boring. Right. And I don't know. I don't know why some of the best some, movies I've ever some, seen in my life mm-hmm. are in black and white. I had somebody tell me once that she couldn't watch them because she couldn't understand them if they weren't in color. Oh, that's, my God. That's what? weird. <laughs> That's interesting. Okay. I had nothing for her. It's a very psychological thing. Um, The next one I had was Sunset Boulevard, (gasps) which is one of my absolute favorite movies of all time, noir or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love that movie. It's um, directed by Billy Wilder, who had a lot of noirs. I've made up my mind. We'll bury him in the garden. Any city laws against that? I wouldn't know. I don't care anyway. I want the coffin to be white, and I want it specially lined with satin, white, or deep pink. Maybe red, bright flaming red. Let's make it gay. It's also one that people probably know, even if they haven't seen it, because uh, Carol Burnett did a really great spoof of yes. Sunset Boulevard with Harvey <laughs> <Yes>. Norman. <laughs> yeah. And so even if they haven't seen the movie, they've probably seen that, but they owe it to themselves to see the movie because it's just 
I mean, it's just such a phenomenal story. And it's, of course, it's Billy Wilder, so it it looks great. And mm-hmm. Gloria Swanson is so is compelling. Amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. As, as Norma, the faded silent film star. Mm-hmm. And there's there's just so many neat elements in it. And they have cameos from Buster Keaton. And, you know, it's just, and William Holden is really great in it. And he's just, you know, at the height of his appeal in this movie too. Wow. And it's a really solid story. No, it's, 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 it's very good. Suspenseful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of the uh, bright spots of the pandemic was I got the chance to go and finally watch a lot of these movies. So I just watched the Maltese Falcon last year and, and watched, you know, Sunset Boulevard last year. I actually just watched Niagara not too long ago, like a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's another good one. And I would definitely consider that to be in Mm -hmm. this genre genre of noir, for sure. Yes, Mm -hmm. absolutely. Wait a minute, haven't I seen you before? I know your face. Get out, or shall I call my servant? You're Norma Desmond. Used to be in silent pictures, used to be big. I am big. It's the pictures that got small. I have um, Pick Up on South Street, which is another one that is, um, it's not a very long movie, and they pack a lot of story into it. And this one has Richard Widmark, who is also one of the major actors of film noir. And he's a pickpocket. He works the subways, and he picks up the wallet of uh, one woman named Candy, who unbeknownst to even Candy, has a microfilm in her wallet that has government secrets in it. Oh. Because her ex-boyfriend is selling them to an undisclosed nation. Mm. And uh, so her ex-boyfriend was a spy and she didn't know it. And so she's been ferrying things for him and doesn't know. And so this is the last one she's supposed to do and this pickpocket gets her wallet. And so then the chase is on. The chase is on. The chase is on. And um, they had some trouble with the production code on this one because the script was deemed unacceptable for excessive <laughs> brutality and sadistic beatings of both men and women. Oh, my God. And you know what's funny is that we would probably watch that now and it would probably be so be tame. So yeah. tame. So they yeah. actually had to go back and do reshoots. And, and there yeah. is some, you know, there is still some some beatings in there but it's i don't you know it is pretty tame but um i did want to mention in this movie uh thelma ritter who's a really great character actress and she had a lot of oscar nominations she was in a lot of movies but in this one this role she did get an oscar nomination for but she's just so good in this role and she it's it's a tragic role but she she just I don't know. You can't just, you're, you just focus on her every time she's in a scene with anybody. She just walks away with the scene she's in more than just anybody in the, in the movie. She's just great. She plays the neighborhood informant hmm. and oh she, she sells ties, but she's really selling information. There you go. So that was really good. I wanted to mention something um, back up towards uh, sunset Boulevard. You know, you mentioned mm-hmm. um, actress Gloria Swanson and there are certain shots in these types of movies that um, that are kind of universally known. Um, actors, too, obviously, Gloria Swanson, Billy Wilder. Um, 
but it's funny, you know, I asked you earlier, you know, that people probably have seen some of these movies without really knowing that 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 was the category. Um, but it, it is cool how these movies have kind of stuck in the the the, the mythos of 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 movie history in, in America and across the world, obviously, having borrowed from, you know, other um, other cultures, other countries and stuff like that. Um you know, my wife and I watch so many um, movies from um, all over the world because Netflix has a really great um, library of, of uh, move, foreign movies. It fascinates me to know that the language of filmmaking is so universal. You can watch like mm -hmm. a Polish movie, a, uh, an Indian thriller, and every the, you know, just the language of communicating through through film and cinema is so universal. And I find that. I find that very interesting. It's uh, it it just makes me, I don't know. It makes me happy. It's just mm -hmm. kind of it's kind of cool. Well, yeah, it shows that there is a connective tissue between all of us, no matter where we live, what language we speak, yeah. what, we, what we look like, and it's just humanity that gets in its own way for us to to get yeah. along. Because mm -hmm. yeah, yeah that's so I've true. watched I've watched many an international film, and you can still relate to the story. Who cares about the language and the country of origin. I mean, you can relate. Yeah. You can relate. That's it. Mm -hmm. And it's too bad American audiences are really just kind of, uh, you know, they they pigeonhole themselves into, you know, just watching a certain um, a certain genre, a certain aspect of of, of movies. Mm -hmm. There's so many movies out there with so many very interesting and different stories. Oh yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I would um, look outside the country. People. Look outside. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot out there. It really is. All right, friends, time to say thank you and acknowledge all the wonderful souls that help keep the lights on over here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thanks. We're super lucky to have you. Big thanks to our executor tier patrons, Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Can't forget our other patrons, Rogue One Radio. Thank you, D. DJ Steve and Nicole. And check out Comics and Cosmetics. Danny's got some lovely takes on comics and uh, cosmetics. Go subscribe to her show. Our Miami pal, The Frank. What's up, Frank? And Joey Rosales, longtime supporter of The Scuttlebutt. Thank you, kind sir. Massive shout out to my co-host and mistress of the dark, Chantel of Scarif After Dark. And the ever so wonderful Belinda. Thank you so much, and I'm glad you're on this list. Big thanks to our other friends, Alex and Jay, and our resident classic Hollywood expert, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you.
Okay, so we're not getting out of here without Ricardo Montalban. Yeah. <laughs> Get ready. And the plane. Check. The plane. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and, you know, the, the whole con thing. Yeah. Best villain in Star Trek. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, but the uh, the one I picked from him is one called Mystery Street, which I really wish had been either a 50s TV show or, or, or had more than one movie because it was so good. And um, Mystery Street is interesting because it illustrates the beginning of forensic science. So it's like a oh. really early CSI Very sort nice. of thing because like they're that. trying to solve a murder through science. Cool. So did I see you post that you saw this recently? Yes. Again, again, <laughs> <laughs> I did. Um, so this is about. Um, it starts off with this. There's a girl named Vivian. Uh, she's in trouble, as they say, and um, so she's looking to confront this man who got her in trouble. And she is at work at the grass skirt bar where she works, and she calls him up, and he wants nothing to do with her, and. He's on Cape Cod. He's not coming down to see her. And so she picks up this drunk guy at the bar and says, yeah, I just need a ride. And so, and his wife is in the hospital having a miscarriage, by the way. Oh, he's yeah. across the street drinking. Wow. And, well, I mean, really, what can he do? I mean, yeah, he's just sitting and, there. Uh, Might as well have a hand. drink. Might as well. <laughs> I guess I so. across the street at the grass skirt. Why not? This man murdered Vivian Heldon. The scientist said, don't be too sure. Then, circumstantial evidence drew its ever-tightening net around the bewildered man. Are you all sure now? That's him. I'll swear that's the guy. He's lying, that man. Yeah, He's that's the one. I never saw him before. He came to ask about Vivian. Now, climb him into the electric chair. So she ends up ditching him in the middle of nowhere and taking his car. Uh-huh. That's so what she's driving off to Cape Cod to confront this guy, except she ends up dead. Oh. Oh. She ends up dead. And this is really, I mean, and it was really something just to, you know, to see this and see how, how it's, how her remains are revealed, how her, this discovery is made is really for its time kind of shocking. Anybody to know how he lost the car. So he tells them that the car was stolen. It was parked in front of the hospital and collects the insurance money. And we're together because uh, Lieutenant Peter Morales, who is Ricardo Montalban, um, is on the case. He goes to Harvard and they actually filmed on the So they actually went to the Harvard Medical School um, to the, uh, Dr. McAdoo, who's an expert in this new field of forensic science, which everybody is like, oh, what? You know, might as well be voodoo. Is that? Yeah. Right. McAdoo. Don't believe it. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, Dr. McAdoo. McAdoo here. I know. McAdoo. Dr. McAdoo. Sorry, sorry. Dr. McAdoo. Um, but Elsa Lanchester's in this movie. Oh. She's the landlady where this poor Vivian lived. And oh, no. she gives a really good performance, too. But she's always good, especially as she got older. And she was a really good character actress. But she's a lot of fun in this movie, too. 
she's a real busybody. But this was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Writing Motion Picture Story, which is when they used to give Oscars for screen treatments. Right. Oh. Mm, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, they got nominated for that. But it's a really good, if you like CSI, it's kind of neat to see the beginnings of it. Right. To see what they could, you know, what they could do with what they had. Yeah. It's really good. That's for but you. But Ricardo right? Montalban is crying. really, really good. Yeah. Do they have like lens, lens flares too, like CSI? <laughs> no lens flares. No, no lens flares. Oh, oh, damn. I know. Yeah, but it's it's always it's always cool to check that out. It's uh, you know, mm -hmm. obviously, you know, we watch shows like CSI and things like that, and uh, you know, it becomes it becomes kind of common knowledge to us. You know, yeah. we we uh, we scream at the TV when we watch our crime shows. You know, show us the tox report, damn it. <laughs> or, or whatever whatever oh my um, Lord. but it's it's interesting to to be able to see a movie that has that uh that technology kind of at the cutting edge and yeah. uh, introducing it to the general public like oh what is this and the other thing is they didn't mask the fact that uh that he was latino yeah and and they at one point uh somebody mentions it in not a good way oh. what so they weren't really sh and you know and for you know 1950 sure. a little progressive really yeah Zoot suit Morellas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does look pretty snazzy. Yeah. But he they wears did some good suits. They did change it to Peter, not Pedro. Peter. <laughs> Pedro. Oh my gosh. Pete Morales. Soy Pedro Morales. Como estas, señorita? McAdoo. Yeah. Dr. McAdoo. <laughs> he was the white guy, by the way. <laughs> Dr. Thanks. <laughs> I would have never guessed. You yeah, think? No. <laughs> right. Well, hey, I have hilarious. to represent, right? No, it's stage. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but um, I was going to mention, you know, I saw, um, I was trying to think who's, who posted it, but somebody said they weren't familiar with it and they didn't think they'd ever seen any film. Oh, that, yeah, that was Vader. Was that Vader? Yeah. 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 And um, I think probably like a lot of people you've seen it and don't know you've seen it right yeah especially the more modern iterations of it right? yeah, absolutely yeah i mean you mentioned um the kim basinger movie and mm -hmm. i'm like oh that's right yeah, yeah, yeah well you had a whole thing it's like in the 1970s you had a whole run of them like um chinatown and the french connection all those movies yeah, are, that's... are sort of noirish in yeah. color Right. And I, I would, I would even go and say, uh, for some reason to live and die in LA kind of, uh, mm -hmm. I'm thinking yeah. of that one too. Yeah. I mean, the, the main character dies in the first like 15 minutes. Wouldn't who framed Roger rabbit fall under that category noir? Mm -hmm. I, th yeah. I yep. think that falls yeah. in perfectly, you know, the gumshoe mm -hmm. and detective and all that kind of stuff. Oh, and what was that? Rabbit, how would you yeah. Yeah. How would you separate it though from, like mystery and that's my problem sometimes with movies is that there are just so many categories and so many genres that you can put it in i almost feel like film noir toes that line of mystery mm -hmm. but i it's not like i could say something like knives out is film noir that's more of a mm -hmm. whodunit you know what i mean right so it's a very strange like, and then you can have straight up crime drama like scarface right 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 right, right. yeah that could have elements people, of it, but not right. be it. I think the reason why people can't pinpoint it is because they probably have watched a film noir and they just automatically say, oh, it's a drama. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. sure. And they just yeah. put it in that broader yeah. category. Right. Is Casablanca considered film noir? Would you put that in there? 
See, like well, that's it's yeah, and see that could be a uh, a romance. It could be a right. war movie. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that yeah. one. You know, sometimes too, you think that there are certain movies that have film noir ish qualities to it, but they're really not, you know, tried and true film right. noir. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, it's interesting. What was that movie, that animated movie or half animated movie that I asked you about, Shanti, a couple of episodes ago with uh, Cool Gabriel, World? Gabriel oh, Byrne. Yeah. yeah, Cool World. Cool World. I. I guess that I could is, yeah. see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That that actually might be more film noir than Who Framed Roger Rabbit, actually. It was it wasn't as widely received as uh Roger Rabbit. No, it was a no. little bit it was a little bit more, I don't know, indie. Um, more raunchy. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But um yeah. How about Dick Tracy? Like I know it started like as a serial, but the movie itself, Dick Tracy, you know, with with the music and mm-hmm. and Dick Tracy himself is a detective. Like I feel like that it gives off that kind of vibe too. Yeah, I guess I, I guess Shanti I guess Shanti has a list. What about this one? What about that one? What about this well, one? Well, because it's <laughs> when because you see a lot is, of movies because it is such a strange category to to try and describe to people. I feel like the only way to give someone a good definition of it without you know actually giving a definition. Is to give examples essentially. I mean, yeah. that it really is the only way because it is such a specific genre. Sure. Yeah. And when it moves into the modern era, mm-hmm. well, modern like forty years ago, Blade Runner is a neon. Oh yeah. Noir. Right. Right. Yeah. So now you're getting to like subgenres. Yeah. And the obligatory yeah. Harrison Ford connection. There you Always. go. Always. Have to. <laughs> But I love Blade Runner. It's one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite movies of ever. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Neo-noir. Neo-noir. But it's got a lot. And um, it's also, well, here's the thing. The modern era has neo-noir, neon-noir, tech-noir, space-noir. It's a lot. I like uh, a (laughs) tech-noir. (laughs) Tech-noir. Yeah. Okay. It comes with its own uh, soundtrack. I'm so dumb. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but okay. Now here's the controversial take. Let's see. We gotta see what you think about this. Uh oh. I think Andor is noir. I can see that. No. Yeah. I, 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 I agree that. with that 100. Yeah. percent Yeah. Now I want to play with some scenes and, and strip and the color of it. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. And the music. But, you know, if you think about it, though, especially, well, I noticed it a lot in this, in, in the last episode, mm-hmm. um, that a lot of shots in, in the series as a whole so far, mm-hmm. you see people and they, it's not so much with lighting, but it's with the sets where they look like they're entrapped, where they're, it's an entrapment. Yes. Oh, they're, they're framed within the frame. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Except, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mon Mothma is a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Luthan yeah. is a lot of the time. Yeah. You're yeah. For sure, Andor is. I mean, because yeah. he was literally in prison. But it's like even when he was, even when he was going through that back, you know, all the back channels in the last mm-hmm. episode, it's through a lot of right. slats and. No, it's like true. That. It's true. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would agree with that assessment. 
But I also was going to see what you thought about this. Um, there's a film historian whose name escapes me, but um, he he posited that film noir in the in the classic sense mm -hmm. was a man's nightmare, and that it was a man who was had misfortune, mischance, um, cruel twists of fate. He was tempted by something. Yes, and. I think that in Andor, it's it's odd because I mean, you know, there is Andor that has, you know, he's subject to a lot of happenstance and right, right, twists. But I think it's the women in Andor. I think it's a woman's nightmare in Andor. Oh, yeah, okay. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. Where, sure. um, you know, of course, Bon Mothma's in a nightmare. Oh, <laughs> yeah. she's in a lot of ways. And, um, you know, she's sort of drawn to the dangerous man. Mm -hmm. in Lucian, right? We weren't even going to get into Perrin. I thought you were going to say Perrin. <laughs> He'd be dangerous Perrin. if he was more manly. Shut up, bro. Um, even, like, don't even defend him. <laughs> Josh is wrong. I want to you, watch, you watch season two. Watch season two. We'll see. Hmm. I, there's nothing he can do to redeem himself. I'm sorry. No, I... <laughs> there's nothing he can do. Let's not go Besides, uh, Tina and I have already rented the bus. So, oh my God, Ro, can, <laughs> can, can you over. give the reins over to me so me, <laughs> Tina, and Melanie can just do an episode just bashing Aaron? I think it would make for <laughs> some great ratings. Hey, watch. We should That's do it on hilarious. Sadie Hawkins Day or something. Yeah, hate cast. Let's do a hate cast. Hate cast. Hate cast. <laughs> Now, see if we could get eight people on it, we could be the hateful eight. <gasps> yes, oh my god, oh my god. All right, who hates Karen? Yeah. Right, I'll take a survey. The other person I was going to say is in a nightmare is Marva. Yeah, oh, for sure. For um, sure. and I watched a noir called The Reckless Moment mm -hmm. where Joan Bennett plays a mother, her daughter has been involved with this sort of seedy character who ends, mm -hmm. who ends up dead, and this other man, uh comes to her and says, oh, I have all the love letters that your daughter wrote to this man, and I'm sure the police would be interested in seeing this. Okay. Whoops. Well, the mother then goes through all these machinations to get the money and guard the daughter and not let the daughter know what's happening. You know, so it was, it reminded me a lot of the way Marva is sort of shielding Andor from a lot of things. Yeah. Including yeah. his, what happened to his sister which I think she probably knew. Oh, for sure. She's but, dead. You know, she's still doing, yeah. She's doing everything to protect him though. And it reminded me a lot of that, but I can, it'd be interesting to see if they keep that sort of noirish thread going in season two, or if we're going to give over to action. Yeah. I hope not. I think it'll be a combination of, but I think because they're doing so much time compression with the four arcs that we're going to be presented with, mm -hmm. um, right. there might not be enough time to to do that slow burn like like we got in season one. We'll get some of it, obviously, because you know that's part of the Andor formula at this point. But I think because there's that, you know, originally it was five seasons, now it's two, so now they're gonna. They're gearing up to, you know, to the beginning of Rogue One, and I, I think they, they need the, uh, the real estate to be able to tell that mm -hmm. story of, of uh, all the, the rebel happenings. 
and the rise of the rebellion, et cetera, et cetera. And hopefully it gives them space to bring Saw in. Yeah, I want more Saw. I posted, you know, that I want his brutality. I want to see more of that. Might have to talk to my therapist about that, but I want oh. that brutal Saw Guerrero. I want to see the moment he gets the oxygen mask. Yeah, yeah. that would be, yeah. 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 I want to know what happened there. Yeah. But that's the great thing about uh, about Andor and about film noir and about about movies in general because that's your safe space to put all those feelings. It's true. <laughs> exactly. And it's funny that you say that because I feel like it's so weird. I feel like when real life things happen, sometimes it's a little difficult for, for me to show any emotion. <laughs> oh boy, here we go. Red five therapy. So sometimes. <laughs> This is how I feel. But then like when I watch a TV show or a movie, I feel like it brings out the emotion in me so much more naturally. Like, Oh, absolutely. I could have a friend of mine crying right in front of my face and it'll just make me like awkward, but I'll right. see something in a movie and I'm just like, like Wally, and, Wally and Eve will kiss for the first time. And please <laughs> stop. <laughs> I cried watching Wally in the theater with my sister. Cause it was so beautiful. <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, but that's what I mean. Like, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever cried like at a funeral home or, you know, because I just right. can't do it. But something about movies and TV, it it allows me that release. So, yeah, Melanie, I can totally mm -hmm. see yeah, how it can it can be therapeutic. Well, that's why it's an escape. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's uh it's hardwired into our mm -hmm. souls somehow into our psyche. For sure, definitely. In um, you know, movies play on all senses, you know, audio, visual, emotion. Um, God help us when they, you know, add smell-o-vision to the mix because, you know, that's another that's another way to bring you back to a certain memory that you've had in the past. Well, uh, so if you go to Regal 4DX, <laughs> right? They do yeah. sense apparently during the movie. To enhance the experience. So we're almost there. But you see that, Kelly? Change your mind. I'm talking to you, Kelly, because Kelly doesn't like movies. And I always find that strange when someone says something like that. She's a weirdo. She's more of a music person. So I, I get it. But I'm just like, how do you not like movies? Yeah. Couldn't live without them. No, I definitely, I definitely couldn't. I mean, I go through waves where I can't listen to music. But there is never a period of time where right. I can't sit down and watch a TV show or sure. watch a movie. Mm -mm. There's yeah. no way. No. Absolutely. Cool beans, ladies. Film noir. A month late. Well, a couple days late. Um, <laughs> Better late November. than never. Yeah. Better late than ever. True. And there's a ton of noir movies on YouTube. All right. I'm going to check A ton out. of them are available there. Yeah. Um, do you know the list that you made in the notes? Mm -hmm. I'll edit this part because I was just going to ask you. Um, maybe we should put the uh, like a link to these some of these movies in, um, yeah, in the description. Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Awesome. Excellent. We will go ahead and put links in the description of this episode. If you guys want to check out any of those film noir movies that uh, Melanie had in her wonderful notes, mm -hmm. you guys can check them out. 
and uh, let us know if you like them. Let us know if you recognize any, uh, you know, any themes, any thematic uh, topics, anything that the uh, the movies uh, kind of uh, told you. And let us know if you've seen them before. Maybe you've seen them before and you just didn't know it. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be cool to know as well. And I did skim through your your notes, Melanie, because I wanted to see which movies that you had specifically spoken I'm about. I'm so proud. No, I I did because I. <laughs> They were, they were so beautiful the way it was organized. Like it just made my OCD very happy, honestly. But I will say like out of the movies that you listed, the two that I would definitely recommend to anybody that I've seen again recently because of the pandemic was definitely Sunset Boulevard. You'd be a fool not to watch that. That should be on everybody's movie bucket list, which I have. And Mildred Pierce. Oh, oh my God. If honestly, like I know Joan Crawford had quite, you know, <laughs> she had quite the life but yeah. what an amazing actress watch mildred pierce that movie blew me away her performance was just outstanding i mean they really just don't make movies the same anymore no they really don't oh the quality of acting in these classic movies are incredible i sent melanie when you sent me those notes i forward them to shanti and then a few minutes later she texts me back and she goes oh hell no <laughs> <laughs> but you know what it it delighted me a little bit because all i kept thinking was haha ro sucker now you know how i feel because you don't even like to read you don't even read I, I guess i like to write yeah no clearly <laughs> clearly too funny too funny no the notes are beautiful that's why he's like you take over i didn't read this stuff <laughs> <laughs> no, but thank you, Melanie. I really appreciate it. I mean, it, it, this was definitely a, a great topic, and the three of us love movies, obviously. So, absolutely, and happy Noir November! Yay! In in December, bladed, <laughs> but it's cool. Absolutely, any day's a good day for a noir. Exactly. Yes, sir. Check them out in the links below, as I said. But uh, ladies, thank you so much for joining us here. Melanie, thank you for being one of our favorite collaborators, as always. You thank are you. the bomb. Where can folks find you? I know you're posting. You've been posting a lot of uh, wonderful movies mm -hmm. lately, but where can mm -hmm. people find you? On Twitter. I'm still on Twitter at Melanie Marquita. That's still a thing. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter's still around. Still a thing. Oh I'm trying to get the Instagram going, but mm, you can go there if you want to. I might. Well, I, it's I funny when you when you started that. I you know I noticed that you followed me, and then I'm like, oh cool, let's see what she's posted. Oh, Harrison Nothing. Ford. Yay! You shut <laughs> your mouth. Not yeah. my fault. It started on Ford Friday. He's a beautiful man. Yes. Oh, I told you funny. I have an ever-growing Pinterest board. Oh, pl please share so funny. every Friday. I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> Shanti, Scarif After Dark, what's going That's on it. with yourself? So what do we, I got to stop doing that. I notice I say so a lot. Um, anyway. Um, In your well, radio like, voice. I know. Well, like you said earlier. Uh, we dropped last week because this would be dropping next week. But uh, 
I did a wonderful episode with uh, Josh and Frank. So I hope everyone goes back and, and listens to that. I really enjoyed it. Great job, bro. You do great editing. It was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. It's always so much fun to see what you do with the content. And uh, I guess, okay, so then this Saturday, which would be December 3rd, which is really then last Saturday, Scarif After Dark is back and we're going on at 930. So please check the replay or hopefully you were there during the live. Um... Again, Ray, you can bleep this, but we are talking about R2-D2 and his Swiss Army stick. Because <laughs> that guy sticks it everywhere. So it should be a very strange, weird, wonderful conversation. And uh, just to give everyone a heads up, I'm just going to go ahead and announce this now. Um, the end of the year is wrapping up quite rapidly. And I just noticed that Scarif After Dark, since we alternate, uh, we will actually be on for New Year's Eve, oh. I believe. So with that being said, Scarif After Dark will be basically hosting a uh, little New Year's Eve party on the stream. So if you guys want to save the date, um, it's going to be an open stream, no topic. We're just going to hang out, drink, have fun, and engage in debauchery. Very live. nice. So Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Mm -hmm. Excellent. I want to have D and D on Fridays, so check out Red Five Tavern. Woohoo! Cool beans. Excellent. All right, guys. Yeah, like I said, if you have any uh, opinions on the show tonight, if you want to share a film noir uh, movie that you liked, send us a voicemail at seven seven three two three four eight six five nine. Or shoot us an email at scarefscuttlebutt at gmail.com. In the meantime, remember, drop us. Uh, no, remember, I don't know what to remember, but uh, remember, we are the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast, Geek Talk, Deep Dives. We have uh, ended the show, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. Until next time, that's Melanie. This is Ro, and Shanti is hiding somewhere behind her screenshot. And that's the Scuttlebutt. We could be anything listener just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the red five network family red five network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love so the next time you're itching for quality content make sure you head over to red five network.com you'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more all wings report in it's the red five network <laughs>